Morning. How are you? Good? Oh, that's good. Well, uh, good morning uh, to you. You know, uh, my name is David Storm. I'm the lead pastor here at uh, Renovation Church. Uh, you know, today is a special day for us. Uh, it is a, a hard day and a good day uh, all, all, all at the same time. Um, uh, er- earlier this summer, we introduced you to uh, Mark Allen, uh, who's going to be our uh, fourth church planner, planting <laughs> Pursuit. <laughs> Did you just woo for yourself? Yeah. <laughs> That's the first. Uh, gonna be now. I can't remember what I was gonna say. Um, I'm planting Pursuit Community Church in at the uh, Miles View Community Center. Would you come up here, uh, Mark? Uh, that'd be great for the people to just to look at you and your awesomeness. Um, you know, Mark was here in July, and we asked uh, you guys to come and join his team, because we wanted to send people out to the launch team. And uh, 20, 21 of you said, I will go, which is uh, amazing. In fact, I'd like to call those people, you can bring your kids up here if they're with you in the service too, uh, the 21 that are going from renovation, would you come on stage and just kind of, we'll fill the stage and stand with us, go ahead and come up. You know, that's great. Um, we, we say often here that we, our goal is not to build the kingdom of renovation, but it's to build the kingdom of God, right? And we, we wouldn't be asking these people to leave if that wasn't our heart, but that is our heart. I mean, some of these people, sure, they might be back in nine months. Some of them are going to stay on, and they're going to continue to build that ministry in Moundsview. Uh, in fact, I know there are some people here today, too, that are from the uh, Pursuit launch team. If you're not a renovation person, but you're here and you're you're joining the Pursuit launch team, would you just stand where you're at uh, this morning? We'd like to just honor you this morning as well. Thank you. And, and if you could just stand the rest of the service, that would be great. I'm just kidding. You can have a seat. Uh, <laughs> you know, this is, this is not easy. Um, I'm trying not to look at these people right now. <laughs> I... Uh, you know, I look and I see uh, Rick, Rick and Kathy Olson are here. You know, I, when I started this church, I was 27 years old. Um, our, our first couple of years, there was hard. There couldn't have been more than a handful of people uh, over 30 here. But if anyone dared to come in that was over 50, uh, Rick and Kathy would, would grab them. <laughs> but they were here from the beginning. In fact, they were here in grand grand opening. Um, you know, I, I look to Bjorn and Allie and their family down at the end. Um, you know, Bjorn's. Dad and my wife Lindsay's dad were roommates in college. They've been here since grand opening, uh, as well as my friends and my house group. Um, it's, not, it's not an easy thing to do. You know, I, Mitch Anderson came to Christ at our church. Nancy Miller came to Christ at our church. So we're following Jesus at our church. We can just go through each person up here. It's, it's not easy. So then why in the world are we doing this? Right? These people are leaving. Why are we doing this? We're doing this because this is how you change the world. Or you can't change the world just by gathering people into one place. You can maybe change a city, but you can't change the world. You introduce people to Jesus, you disciple them, and you send them out. That's how you do it, and it takes sacrifice. And so today, for these people, this is their last Sunday with us. 
Starting next week, they're going to begin uh, practice services uh, at the Mountain View Community Center, gearing up for their grand opening uh, on November 11th. And so before they go, we want to pray for them. We want to commission them. We want to send them off. And so I'm just ask you guys, if you want to step forward, you can kind of go in front of the stage here. In fact, even if you stretch out, you can go ahead. Even if you stretch out from kind of wall to wall, that would be great. And then if you're a friend of these people, they're in your house group, whatever, would you, and you're a, a renovation person, would you just come forward and I would love for you to, you can, you can get up now, and we're going to lay hands on these people and just, and just pray for them and send them out. So that would be great. So yeah, just spread out. I know there's a lot of people. All right, God, we, we thank you this morning for the boldness of these 21, that they would leave the familiar, the known, to go to the unknown, to go to the risk of church planning, so that more people can be reached for Christ in a new area. God, I pray that you use them, that you use them wherever you have them serve, as they participate. God, that they would be an integral part of the mission of Pursuit Community Church, God. And we just pray, God, in the months to come, in the years to come, that we just hear back amazing reports of what you're doing in that city through these amazing people. And we just thank you again. May your hand be on them. And may you bless them for their boldness and faithfulness. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. You guys can have a seat. Thank you. You know, it's, uh, it's been kind of a, a busy month, really. It is a busy month for us here at, at Renovation Church. We've got a house group starting this month. Uh, we're sending out the Pursuit team. And we are seven days away uh, from our massive outreach of Family Fun Day. So we're going to have, if you're unfamiliar with Family Fun Day, we're going to have free cheese curds, free mini donuts, Free corn dogs, kettle corn, roasted corn, cotton candy, and a field full of inflatables. It is going to be incredibly awesome. But here's the thing. Uh, We're not doing this for you. Uh, Our leaders didn't get together and say, you know what? Let's just spend a ton of money so we can all get together and have a good time. We're doing this because we're going to see something... Like, and, I, and I really mean this number because we've watched the pre-registrations flying in. We're going to see something like 700, not 7, not 70, 700 visitors to our church next Sunday. The vast, vast majority of which do not follow Jesus. They don't go to church. They're free on Sunday to come to our church, right? You tell me where else this is happening. Right? I can think of maybe one, maybe two places even in the whole state where 700 people are coming together, 700 people who don't know Christ, to hear the gospel. Right? And listen, not every single one of those people are going to stick, obviously, but some of them will. Some of them are going to get saved. They're going to start following Jesus. They'll get discipled. They'll join your house group. Some of you, that was your story last year or two years ago. But I don't know what God will do, but he will always do something when the gospel is preached. So we know that God is going to do something amazing next week. And so my question is for you, who are you bringing with you? Who is it in your life that just needs to hear the good news of Jesus, that needs to just be in this room next week? On your way out today, we're going to hand you a few last invite cards. I just pray that your goal is that over the next seven days, that your goal is to get rid of all of them. You just keep praying every day, God, who should I give this to? Who should I give this to? Even your kids are going to get them. 
some of our kids are our best evangelists for these sort of events. Encourage them to just get rid of them and let's just see what God will do. Okay, uh, this morning we're talking about the topic of uh, community, uh, which is not our strong suit in, in America. I mean, you think about how much things have changed. Like, you go back 100 years ago, most Americans lived in small towns. They had strong friendship circles, uh, great uh, church communities, uh, even strong family bonds. And now, in the present, technology has drastically changed the way we live. Right? It's caused this shift from what used to be communal dependence to now what we could call isolated independence. And so how you go about your day and how you face your struggles and problems is completely different than even 25 years ago. Like, let's say you have a problem with your toddler, right? Which I'm sure your toddler gives you no problems, but let's just say, you know, something's happened, you can't just figure out what to do, what's good parenting advice. In 2018, who do you ask for parenting advice? That's right, Google. I'm serious. So what we do, we, we Google. What did people used to do? Used to ask their parents, right? They, they, they would, you'd ask them money. This is what we would call communal dependence because of how society was structured. We were sort of forced to be in community. Okay, let's say you need a product and you need it now or in 48 hours or less. What do you do? Amazon, right? You don't go down the street asking your neighbor for sugar. You don't call up a friend, you get Amazon Prime or Amazon Now, and you just get it. Right? If you're feeling lonely, which most people in America are, in the United States of lonely, and maybe you're just wondering what other people are up to, what do you do? You go to Facebook, right? Or you just kind of endlessly, all day long, just through Instagram, right? Just check it. What do people used to do? I don't, I don't know if you remember this, but phones used to be on the wall. And, and then like a curly cord, right? You, you would call someone, you knew their number, weird, and you would call them and you'd say, hey, what are you up to? Would you like to hang out? And now, because of technology, the way we just do community, and it affects all the fabric of our lives, the fabric of our lives, like cotton. Um, <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Um, the way the society is structured is totally changing. Technology has caused so many of us to believe that we don't need each other. And listen, that, that kind of may be true from a purely operational or functional state. Right? I don't need you to get sugar anymore. But from an emotional, from a relational perspective, that change in society is killing us. So in the same time period of the last 25 years, where our isolation has dramatically increased, so also have the levels of depression, anxiety, even suicide. And there are about a thousand different studies that prove that same fact. Now, no surprise here, the wisdom of God's word is going to teach us this very thing. Uh, we're going to be in the letter to the Romans uh, this morning. Uh, there's a Bible under every chair if you'd like to follow along God's word that way. Uh, we're going to be on page 920. Uh, or you can use the Renovation Church app. Uh, you just open it up, uh, tap Bible in weekly verses, and you can follow along that way as well. And so... Paul is writing to the Romans. He's just explained to them over 11 chapters the gospel, the good news, and now he's going to give them some practical advice starting in chapter 12. So we're chapter 12. We're going to do verses 1 through 8 today. Here's what Paul says. He says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, 
to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and improve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. But just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Okay, so what, what, what's Paul saying here? Let's kind of break down this passage. He's saying, first of all, that if you're a Christian, that when God saves you, he's actually saving you into community. So let's, let's throw up verse 5 again. It says, so in Christ, we, though many, says, form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. And so when you become a Christian, you are now a part of what the Bible calls the body of Christ. That's what it says. It says, in Christ, and then it says, you form one body. Colossians 1.18 tells us that Jesus is the head of that body. And so when you're saved, you're supposed to integrate into the body, to be a part of a local church. And verse 4 tells us that you actually have a unique role in that local church. So look at verse 4. It says, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. Right, so just as your body has a hand and an arm and a leg and head and shoulders and knees and toes and uh, knees and toes and other, and, and, and other things, right? so does the body of Christ. You each have a different purpose and function. So yeah, listen, it's important for you to spend time with God, right? To do your kind of new version Bible reading plan, podcast the greatest speakers, whatever you do to grow in God on your own, that's all great, but God did not intend you to grow your faith in isolation. Right? I actually think this sort of independent Christian spirituality that we've developed in the last 25 years or 50 years, I think that would be absolutely shocking to many of the writers of the New Testament. And so I'm going to tell you something today that you wouldn't hear in plenty of churches because they just want you to come and sort of add to their attendance numbers or whatever. But I will tell you this. If you're just attending here every week and you're kind of walking in and walking out, and I'm not talking it's your second week. You've been coming here for six months or for a year or longer, and you walk in and you walk out and you don't really know anyone, that's not biblical community. Right, that may be culturally normative in America right now, but that's not the biblical definition of the church. Right, that would be like an arm or a foot hoping to grow just because it's in the same room as the body. Right, look at it this way. What we have here is an arm detached, which I took off some guy last night. Um, it's fake. Okay, settle down. Um, what happens 
when you detach an arm from the body, shout it out. What's going to happen to this? It's going to decompose, right? It's going to deteriorate. It's going to die. That was great alliteration, by the way. Uh, what? It, it, it's going to wither because it's not connected to the life force of the body, the blood flow of the body. And see, there are exponentially more Christians in America living as detached arms than there were a generation ago. And as I said at the beginning, that's in large part because of what's happened through technology. Because you can now get answers, right? You can Google. You can get resources. You can hear great speakers on YouTube. You can, you, we feel like we can do this Christian thing, thanks to technology, kind of on our own. But your technology cannot cry with you after a miscarriage. It cannot celebrate with you after a miracle birth. It cannot give advice tailored to you based on the relationship struggle that you have. It cannot tell you when you're drifting from God and you need to come back. See, this is what our house groups are all about at our church. It's about being the body. And house groups is not something that 20% of our people do, which is the national average for churches in America. It's not even 50%. In fact, an astounding 80% of all of the adults who call Renovation Church home are regulars in a house group. Let me tell you something. If you're kind of on the fence and you've been sitting on the fence the last six months, like, I don't know if I'm going to do this house group thing. I don't know if it's even good. But you don't get to 80% if it's not good. So what are house groups? Let me just take a minute to kind of explain it. There are 75 to 80 of you are new just in the last 12 months, so I don't want to presume that you know what it is. House groups are our groups of around 20 to 30 people, so they're bigger, that meet every single week. Uh, They spend the first 45 minutes or so uh, in large group with kind of everyone together, uh, eating great snacks, just kind of hanging out. Uh, They'll get together. One person will share a faith story of kind of what God's been doing in their life lately. Uh, There's a short video teaching from me uh, based on what we're talking about on Sunday morning in all the eight house groups. And then they spend the second half of the night, the last 45 minutes, in men's and women's small groups uh, spread all throughout the house where they talk about what we talked about in the message, open up the Bible again, and just start asking questions or applying it uh, to your life. The groups are full of people that are just starting in their faith and and, and some that have been in following Jesus for decades. Uh, Our groups are intergenerational, which is also unique, uh, meaning that you're going to have some people in your group that are a decent amount older than you to give you some wisdom, and you might have some people that are a decent amount younger than you that can inspire you along the way. Um, you know, I think one of the nice things about house groups is they're also big enough, right? When you have over 30 people that are on a roster, you're going to find some people that are also kind of right in your life stage as well. So we have eight different house groups on five different nights, including, we don't always do this, but this year we're starting a brand new group uh, on, on Sunday nights. And so our hope for you is that every single person who calls a renovation church their home, every single adult, affiliates gets attached to a body, to a house group, where you can have people that are going to help you grow in your faith and support you. In fact, would you grab that card that was on the top of your chair? Just grab, humor me and grab it for a second. Would you just hold this in your hand, if you haven't filled it out yet, I know many of you have, and just pray about it. If you're already in one, just pray that people are going to move, right? If you're not, would you just pray, God, do you want me to do this? And if so, when? Where? 
If you need to, you can start filling it out now, anytime during the service. If, if your schedule is an issue, maybe childcare is an issue, talk to us. We have a number of our house leaders out in the hallway. Many people have faced uh, um, similar situations in the past. Uh, we can certainly give you great advice on that as well. Here's the thing. I think one of the things that's hard for us to understand in our sort of consumeristic version of Christianity in the 20-teens, if we can call it that decade, is that we forget that God has made you for other people. Um, Paul, when he's talking about the body, actually, in, in 1 Corinthians, he says this, 1 Corinthians 12, 21. He says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, I don't know if you saw this the first time when we went through our passage in Romans. Paul actually uses stronger language in Romans. Look at verse 5 again. He says, So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member, what's that word say? Shout it out. Belongs to all the others. It says, you as a person, you actually belong to some of the other people in this room. If you're an arm... You belong to the body. So if you've detached yourself from the body, right, and you've just kind of done, I walk in, I walk out, maybe I walk in and out once every six weeks, and the rest of the weeks I I watch um, wearing my jammies um, at home on Monday or whatever, right? This is kind of what we do in modern-day Christianity. If you've detached yourself, you're not just doing a disservice to your own health and growth, you're actually doing the body a disservice, because the scripture is saying you belong to some of these other people. It's saying that God wants to use you to flow through you to bless other people. He has a purpose for your life. Uh, Look at verse 1 again. Paul says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a, this is your purpose, if you're a believer, a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. He's saying, because of what Christ has done for you, that's the first 11 chapters of Romans, now you, in your life, view it as a living sacrifice. Your life is meant to be a sacrifice, not a suction. I think too many modern Christians are just more like a vacuum than they are a living sacrifice. Right? And that kind of makes sense. If you're a detached arm... And it's starting to wither away. You're trying to suck life back into you. And so people get into this consumeristic version of Christianity. Just feed me. Just teach me. Just entertain me. That's just not what the scripture is saying. It's saying, no, no, no. You attach your living sacrifice for others. See, there is a way for you to bring vibrancy to your faith, but it's by attaching to the body. God has very purposefully, when he made you, He very purposefully, very intentionally gifted you in a specific way to bless other people in the body. That's what verses 6 through 8 are about in our chapter today. That each one of you has a gift to, to serve, to teach, to show mercy, to encourage. And if you have those gifts, those gifts aren't for you. They're for the body. But you can't bless other people if you're not attached And listen, as this church has grown exponentially in the last two or three years, you can't know 500 people. I mean, I think the American church has to stop kidding itself that 
shooting the breeze by the cafe is not biblical community. But God can use these gifts. He wants to use these gifts in you to bless other people. By being connected to a body, to something like a house group. I think of a, a single mom in our church who last fall was really new to walking with Christ, and she boldly decided that she was going to sign up for a house group. Well, shortly after attending for a couple weeks, she shared with her small group that she needed to move to a new place, but she wasn't really sure how she was going to get help to move her and her son. And they immediately, her group, they offered help. They said, we'll do it. No problem. And five or six of them showed up, five or six people who barely knew her showed up, and they helped move all of her things, right? And they brought pizza, and they ate pizza with her. And then afterward, they prayed for her, they prayed for her son, and they prayed for her new place. See, that is what we do. That's the body. And guess who loves house groups now, right? And guess who's really growing in their faith? Right? And you can focus on her and say, wow, what a blessing. That's, that's amazing. But I, you know who it was also great for? It's also great for the other people that are in that group. Because they're attached... They get to exercise their gifts. They get to feel the amazing power of God moving through them. What has God created you for? How does God want to use you? Not just to come in and consume. How does God want to use you to bless other people? Get attached to the body. An arm never gets to experience the joy of lifting another up if it's not attached to the body. So you can look at verses 6 through 8 about the spiritual gifts, and you could say, oh, yes, that's for us using our spiritual gifts. But you could also apply it in a different way. You could say, well, then if I'm attached, then I also get the blessing of other people supporting and encouraging me with their spiritual gifts. You know, we're in this uh, Abdicate series right now. Uh, If you weren't here uh, last week, Abdicate means to renounce or relinquish the throne, to step off. And last week we talked about abdicating to the authority of the word of God. And for some of you, the biblical challenge for you today is to abdicate to the authority of letting other people speak into your life. But I always think you ought to be wary of being alone on the throne. But that's when we start thinking too highly of ourselves, as verse 3 said. This is true for you whether you're in a house group or not. When you're honest with people but truly honest about what's happening in your life, then people in your body, in your community, can bless you through their spiritual gifts. They can support you and encourage you. But if you're not honest with them, right, even if you've been in a group with people for five years, if you're not honest with them, then they don't know how to help you. It reminds me of an email I got not too long ago from one of our house group's people, and she gave me permission to share this. Here's what she wrote in her email. She said, David, I've been suffering from anxiety. What were manageable fears and something I could control on my own ended up being something I wasn't able to, and I started to even experience some physical symptoms of it. Living alone and with my family far away also made it worse as I was often fearful of something happening at home when no one was around. I constantly felt like I was alone, but the Lord kept reminding me that I wasn't. In the worst of it, I ended up calling a friend from my house group because I was a mess. She stayed at my house for a couple of nights until I was in a much better place. All she did was talk with me so I wouldn't get lost in my own thoughts, and she helped me organize my bathroom. 
something so simple, but something that honestly made a world of difference for me. And it was such a huge answer to prayer that I had someone I could talk to who could tell me I wasn't crazy and honestly tell me that it was going to get better. Having someone from my house group I could call in that vulnerable time of need. By the way, do you have someone in your life that you can call? Like when you get in a tough spot and you need to be completely vulnerable and say, I'm dealing with this, please help me. Do you even have someone? Because a lot of Americans don't. Who would you call? If you don't, we want to give that person to you. She said, having that person from my house group was such a blessing to me, and I'm not sure what I would have done without it. Because of house groups, I was really able to heal. See, that's what we do for each other. You know, I, I know people in house groups, I know house groups people who've helped each other financially, uh, who've watched each other's kids in times of need. Like, that's community. That's the church body that the Bible is talking about. You're not meant to be a detached arm. Right? You're meant, God wants you. His hope for you is that you thrive in community, attached with us. I'm just telling you, we want to. We want to support you. We want to help you. We want to cry with you. We want to celebrate with you. We want to help you grow closer to God, you. But we can't help you if you walk in and walk out and walk in and walk out. Attached to the body. That's God's word for you today. Attached. That's where the blessing is. And look, this is, right, this is where we come back to where we started this whole thing. Because today, how did we start? We're sending people out as a new body. Not to go and reach people as a bunch of detached arms, right? You can't change the world that way, right? American Christians have to wake up to this idea. We can't start reaching this country back for Christ if we all kind of do it as detached arms. But when people come together, right, when people come together, like what's going to happen here next week on Family Fun Day, right, when people come together in unity and they serve and they unite and we share the gospel, when the body bonds together and works together, that's how we change the world, right? That's the type of church we are. That's what God is doing here. And so attach with us and let God use you. It's an amazing thing. Let me pray. God, we just thank you so much for what you're doing in this church. I pray for every person here this morning who's thinking, I don't know if I can do this. My schedule's crazy. My life is crazy. I just don't know. That they would just hear your word, God, and they would trust in your promises. And you would just give them the boldness to attach. It's in your name we pray. Amen.